Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Good evening. And with us on the line yet again is our Florida Connection, Senator Phil Jakes. Guy's trying to kill me. God's trying to kill you? This guy is. At least he's not obsessed with spiders Maybe spiders will come in. (laughs) I don't know, there's a theme with spiders in the new Stranger Things, so I'm a little concerned now. (laughs) There's a what? What the... Stranger Things. It's a smart What's a Stranger show. Things? Anybody know what a Stranger Things is? Adam Gata does. Oh, you mean, what's it on? Oh, Netflix. Oh, nobody listens to Netflix anymore. Who are you kidding? Come on. Only people from Florida watch Netflix. Comment if you like Stranger Things. <laughs> Never seen it. Don't subscribe to Netflix. Tom Meg likes that stuff. She doesn't have Netflix either. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. No. Household here does not have Netflix. If I want to watch something, I pirate it. I've got Hulu. Okay. <laughs> and HBO Max, because it's included in my phone plan. It's called having a good a good uh having a good ad blocker and put locker. Mm-hmm. Put locker dot whatever the heck the URL is now. Put locker dot It's like mom. the Pirate Bay, whatever they change to. It's just endless cycle they change of pirating. It every week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait! They got to keep it ahead of uh, the feds yeah. or something. Yeah. Anyway, I think you, if you move free. torrent and LimeWire, if you move to Florida, you get a free trial subscription of Netflix for life because <laughs> nobody else is watching it. <laughs> anyway, uh, we usually start the episodes off with personal updates. Now, if we haven't tried three or four different times to get this episode started because of technical issues, um, oh god, there's a technical issue underneath me, and it's a cat probably going to knock the board over again and just wipe us out completely yet again just kick it yeah i don't want to she's actually the nice one oh. we usually start the episode off it with personal off updates button oh good because i don't have it anyway um i don't have much for updates because we haven't raced and this would be better if, if phil wasn't the month. one only racing and he does it on a part-time schedule we're part-time schedule yeah we're um i mean i've only kind of raced twice this year so that's Twice more than I have. We're on well, the once seldom more. schedule. Here's mine. Older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. Why don't I quit? Get another, <laughs> get another job. Oh, here. That's this. right. <laughs> I got nowhere else to go. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like me. You're stuck. <laughs> you can just go panhandle, drive your Mercedes or Cadillac or whatever you're driving now over got to a the Cadillac. nearest gas station parked there and put on shitty clothes and walk over. I'd rather steal than beg. It's <laughs> technically know? stealing because you're just lying to That's, people. Does that count? I suppose, but I mean, dishonesty, I, I don't know. There's I one see, at every corner. I see the same people out panhandling in the woods up here and the on the highway on ramps mm-hmm. and... You can tell these people are not suffering. You can tell. They're always yeah. there with different clothes on. They've been showered. 
Sometimes no. they bring their well-kept dog with them. It's no, like, go it, away. The, 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 yeah, no, I'm sorry. The high majority of all homeless people are usually drug addicts. So if they don't look all strung out and unhealthy, it's probably bull crap. Yeah. Yep. So and there you go. Most homeless people don't beg. If you ended the war on, yeah, if you didn't have, if you, you know, got rid of drugs, you wouldn't need. My, my favorite ones is the that ones stuff. that stand on a street corner, literally 50 freaking yards from a sign that says now hiring. I've taken pictures of them because the tractor supply got tired of them. And they put the now hiring sign right next to where they <laughs> panhandle. <laughs> and yeah. they give the hourly That's actually pretty smart. I thought it was really funny because it, it totally screws them over because now they look like an idiot. Yeah, they know? don't even bother <laughs> to steal those signs or whatever. They're just like, oh, I'll just, I'll just put up another one. Here they just stand next to the turn lane. So no matter if you're trying to turn, you have to literally stop and wait for the light. And they just trap you. They walk by you and you try not to make any eye contact. I have tint on my truck now, so it's great. I can just roll the window up and look straight ahead and ignore them. Well, I drive a retired cop car, so I don't think they want to be bothering me either. <laughs> it's like people from Rhode Island. They are frightened of the cop car, and it's hilarious. Will, what? I'm sorry, you're washed out. You need a thicker pen. Not homeless, need race car parts. Got it. Yes. At yes. least I would give that guy money because he's honest. Absolutely. That's what I should do. Just invest in ink and cardboard. Yep. There we go. And Good grow enough. a big beard so people don't really recognize you so much. That way you look disheveled and you can actually get try that one day. You should just see what you can get. Just I as bet an you experiment. Get, yeah, I bet you get a lot more insults than you do money. <laughs> you got to have someone off to the side with a camera. That way if someone gives you a hard time, you say it's a prank. Yeah. I have tasers. I have mace. <laughs> I, have, I have weapons. If it goes south, it's okay. That's it. Exact his revenge immediately. Okay. You're not giving me money? Taser. 2A. So, That's it. Give me your dough. This is a stick up. I'm so gun shy about us recording. I'm like, please let me see that it's going. Give me <laughs> all so the change in it. your center console. Oh, thank God. It's still moving. All right. If people only knew. All right. So I'll just give my updates. Obviously, I haven't raced in like a month. But it's given me plenty of time to tinker and fix things that I should have never had wrong with my race car in the first place if I was anything of a good racer. Uh, so, like, I, should be, I shouldn't be out here fixing problems that literally no one else has. Uh, but that's just what you get when you're trying to learn. So, I've hopefully got some progress made. If you watch my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Gleason. Uh, you'll see a long journey of me going through. Oh, there's Days of Thunder. You'll see a long journey of me going through my site. my race car, and um, hopefully I've gotten something done that's constructive. I like to think I did. I'm not gonna say I've got it completely figured out, but I think we made steps forward, and hopefully it pays a little bit of dividends in the next race. Supposing I can actually get the car to turn the way I want to and nail the setup for once and just see what happens. So hopefully we're making progress. I'm fairly confident we are, but you never know. Uh, everything else I've tried in the last few years has done absolutely nothing to make the car better. Just even going completely off the rails and just trying shit. That's just absolutely off the wall. Um, even that doesn't change nothing. So I don't know what's going to work. So anyway, uh, hopefully this does something 
And I think we should go to Phil at this point. I think Jesse already gave his and I gave mine today. Yep. Okay, so it's Phil's turn. Let's go to Phil and see what kind of updates he might have because I think he's got something positive at least. Yeah, not a ton. Got the car on the ground today. Uh, just finishing up nut and bolt check and a bunch of stuff. Got the uh, new sway bar in, new uh, top link stuff's all fixed. That's all squared away. No more binds, no more issues. Um, just now kind of waiting on a practice date because we rained out last week. There's no practice the next couple of weeks. The next opportunity um, is, I believe, the 17th. So see what happens. Go shake it down then and see if we can get some money together to go run on the 25th at Citrus. And I know that the you also failed to, I think you did, or did you last week say that you were cleared by the doctor to drive? Yeah, I went, I did have a checkup. I did not mention that. Uh, I had a checkup with the doctor. Blood clotting issue is under control. No more issues with that. I just got to keep kind of eating the way I'm eating, taking the medicines they got me on, and I should, I should go ahead and get back behind the wheel if I want to. Hey, Roddy Burns. If it wasn't for that damn woman doctor, I'd be out on the track weeks ago. <laughs> hey, she she was kind of hot. I, I kind of would like to get her number. She tall. I don't know how you haven't yet. Tall, redhead, Australian, very skinny. Yeah, enjoy sweet I mean, and low. <laughs> I got the receptionist's number, but she doesn't make the big bucks, right? She's not the one that can buy me tires. Oh yeah, that's, that's right. okay. She, yeah. she can work with you in the off season training. You know, that's all. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I forgot what I was going to mention. <laughs> Help me work on my teacher, cardio. Teacher about drafting. Oh, by the yes, we got to do that. Oh, by the way, if anybody hears Phil breaking up, it's just your typical end of the world Florida storm attacking him. So, oh is yeah, it, yeah, just bear with him at this time. This guy is not happy around me for whatever reason. I don't know what is going on. Today. Allie, oh yeah, yeah, it's Florida. Oh yeah, it there's says, for our YouTube fuck audience, you, Phil. That's for our YouTube audience over at youtube.com slash Sid's View if you're viewing us on there. Hello. There's a lot of green and yellows it's, on the radar map. It didn't look good. It's trying to go south. So if this camera goes fun. upside down and it starts blowing away. Yeah. I so think it'll be it'll be will it'll be a, a first to see him getting blown away by a hurricane. I really should take my car to practice. I'm repeating we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be saying that pretty soon. I really, yeah. I should take Phil's advice and take my car to practice sometime. It would probably have to be at the Speed Bowl because Thompson doesn't do oval practice. You could, you could rent the track, but I don't. For thirty five hundred dollars yeah, last time I, I rented. Don't it. I don't have like thirty five hundred or four grand to rent an oval track. If I had that, I'd be buying a spare engine or a new chassis. Depends. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what they actually charge now, but when when I was driving for uh, Tony Pandozzi. It was thirty five hundred bucks a whack to rent the place, which was crazy. Yeah, I don't have that, so I might take it to I might take it to Waterford if I'm feeling really froggy, and just I think kind you of, should. I just kind of putts around with my uh, Thompson gears in it, pull like five thousand RPM down the straightaway. <laughs> I, I went down there. Oops. I think it was in the beginning of 2016 when I was having those fuel issues after the uh, icebreaker. And we went down there and we went 17 threes and fours with Thompson gear. Granted, and Thompson tires, probably. Yeah, Thompson tires, too. Granted, you're going to get in traffic and suck, but right, it was pretty no interesting pull. to see with no gear how much, how fast you could actually go. I might just take it to shake it down just to see if it, you know, everything works and how it feels and stuff. But It's not going to help yeah. you set up wise, especially if you're in the wrong gear. 
Right. right. It's not gonna. I'm not trying to set the car up for Waterford. I just want to feel how the car moves dynamically. You know what I mean? See if it well, feels bound up in the rear or not. I mean, it, I don't know. I don't know what to, I want to do. To me, even with the Thompson gear, the way you have to drive that place, you're gonna know if you have drive off or not. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't know what I'm gonna learn with 5,000 RPM or something, but you know, the thing's just chugging at that point. But I mean, it'll still spin the tire. I, you know, you never know. Hey, I was in third gear with those gears at Stafford with the one-legger, and I spun the tire on a restart. I'm like, how am I spinning tire? I'm literally at, like, idle. What is happening? Those crate motors got so damn much torque. Yeah, they got a ton down low. You're probably driving on the on the white line on the paint. No, I was in the middle of the, of the groove because I ran the guy up on the restart. <laughs> Hecker. Anyway, uh, all right, so enough about us. Why don't we go into some of the fans' favorite segment? I get the most comments about this one all the time. And we are taking submissions for this. It is the DARF comment of the week. This week, I have. Oh, boy. I got a couple. And you're going to like it. A couple? Some good stuff out there this week. <laughs> yeah, there's two, uh, there's two intro songs for you for the two darf comments of the week that i have all right so uh first is a fan submission and keep those coming by the way please uh don't feel the least bit slighted if i don't use it um because i i want as many of these submissions as i can get so i can pick out the best one that i can um first Comes from our long do, time. We'll, yeah, maybe we'll do something with them at the end of the year. Just like, I don't know. Compile all the ones we didn't use or something. Uh, yeah, kind of like how uh, Door Bumper Clears does the phone thing. Yeah. The anchor bit. We do have one of those things, but nobody ever leaves us any voicemails over at anchor.fm slash making laps if you want to hear your voice. voicemails. Yeah, Tell us we're idiots. Something. It's easier than typing half the time. You just yell into your phone and we'll play it on air. Who cares? Um. Anyway. This first one comes from our longtime buddy and probably longtime listener, NASCAR official Rich Keeter. Mm-hmm. All right. Who had the pleasure of standing in the flag stand through the longest Coke 600 in history, based not only on time, but also mileage. So I, <laughs> I genuinely hope he has very comfy <laughs> shoes. <laughs> Mike Joy jinxed that by saying we weren't going to reach that either. Yeah, thanks a lot, Mike. Your internet connection is unstable. Well, so what? <laughs> so is my mental state. Correct. I think that's from Zoom. We're not Jess. even downloading anything. I honestly think that's from Zoom. Please tell me we're still recording. God, I wish people knew how much drama we've been through today. <laughs> Let's leave that up constantly so that we know we're not screwed. <laughs> All right. So what did Mr. Keeter uh All right. To us? He sent me a tweet. All right. This was from a Twitter user named Hank Lee at... Hi, Hank Lee. At Hank Lee 89 on Twitter. That's his creative handle. name. Yeah, very creative. It sounds like me, Brent Gleason 01. the year you were born. At least we know he's not a bot or an intentional troll because he has the, it's not name in 6,000 letters. He did the same exact thing as I did. Brent Gleason 01. That's my race car number. And I can't get actual at Brent Gleason. Some other asshole has it. So, I have like six. There's like six or seven Brent Gleasons on Twitter. I'm like, what the hell? What matrix am I in? Weird. Anyway, if you think you got a unique name, you don't. 
<laughs> so nope. here's if the you think submission. You got a unique name. Just look on iRacing. Here's yeah, exactly. Here is our submission this week. It's a good one. This guy says on Twitter, "Quote: The Coca-Cola 600 should start at 1 p.m. Eastern." That's it. That's the tweet. Yeah, you could. <laughs> no, that's not well thought out. Does anybody want to tell him? I don't. I think we should probably tell him because he didn't really think this one all the way through, did he? Uh, yeah, let's put the Coke Six Hundred up against the literal biggest race in the world. Yeah, there was there was nothing gonna compete no. with the Indy Five Hundred this no. year. You're gonna say we should put it up against the Indy Five Hundred? Yes. No. By the way. No, the sir. Indy 500 is, in fact, the biggest auto race in the world. It's the best auto race of all the world. Yes. The greatest you auto say, race in the history of mankind. And don't, I wouldn't say the best, but I'd say the most prestigious and greatest. What would you think that's saying better than the Indy 500? I would call it the best of everything. I, I, I would best, would to me, would say best racing. Did you Not s- exactly the best racing. It better not be Le Mans. No, and if you I'm say Monaco, saying, I'm going to fly to Florida and punch you right in the balls. And I wouldn't even say the Daytona 500 anymore because they found that's the great American race, not the American race. Well, other anything other than maybe the Roman chariots. No, 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 you're missing current, my point. Let's say current it's race. still top of the pylon, but you can't call it the best race because the racing isn't really that great. Oh, uh, when did I say best? I said the biggest. Jesse did. Oh, okay. Well, this one, what this particular one, no, it wasn't the best Did race. Did anybody it, actually watch the the race it because it was good. pretty freaking good the whole way through? It was. Probably, it was okay. I it thought was it was good. probably the best race of the weekend. To be no. fair, yes, yes, it was. Um, Green white checking you know out to Indy five hundred is the greatest American race. Race, was, race in the whole world. It was with him, semi with him defending his win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, greatest one. It was semi organic. But it wasn't. I mean, it was. They stopped. They stopped the race. Was, we'll get into it later. We'll yeah. talk about it later. Okay. This is. We're talking about this. All right. The greatest so, race in the history. They pulled of the a NASCAR. So it says, show yeah, me did. again. Show me another race that's like a hundred years old, where drivers from all over the world participate, and you get over three hundred and fifty thousand attendees at the track on race day. Uh, anyway, it's really stupid idea to put anything up against this huge of an event like this. Do you see a lot of NHL games go up against the Super Bowl? Nope. No, <laughs> because no, they know they're not going to get any ratings. I'd love to know what the ratings are for the 500 when it comes out. Yeah, I would too. Would be- uh, you know, I'm curious to see what they how all three of them fared. I'd like to know because uh, that'll be good news next week. We should write a note that we should check that out when they do come out because it's not going to come out by the time this. You know, I mean, they come out tomorrow probably after we do this podcast. Yeah, Monaco was an utter shit show. <laughs> other, other than that, it wasn't really that great a racing, let's be fair. They've been talking, and you can't, again, you cannot come back at me and say Monaco is the best race in the world because it's not. There have been a total of, and not including pit stops, not including pit stops, I would say one overtake in the last two I races think the there. best Monaco Grand Prix that they had, the most recent great Monaco Grand Prix was 1984. Yeah. <laughs> when Senna was tracking down... Oh, oh, uh, uh, yeah, but that one ended in controversy, didn't it? They, yeah, didn't they throw the, the yellow the rain, so that he wouldn't uh, win. Who is it? Uh, his his John, uh, John, yeah. no, not John Lacey, no, um, Prost or whatever, Alan Prost, Alan Prost. Yeah. 
yeah, that was. I, that was the I only think one. the only thing that might have saved the ratings for the F one this week was the intrigue with the rain and what was going to happen there. That was fun to watch because people were freaking out, and I'm like, "Shut up already!" <laughs> Jesus, why Christ. are they going to have to pass somebody? I mean, seriously, no. N- NASCAR's raced in worse rain than that. Come on. Oh, once they come on road racing guys, can, what are you doing? We can, yeah, they once they rolled off on the grid, it downpoured, and there was like water running down the streets. I'm like, that's not a great idea. You're not going to get good racing, and it could be dangerous. It's like there was literal rivers on the side of the road. Yeah, that was bad. I I love that course, but it's always like that's a great race for the first thing in the morning. I should really on Memorial it's a, Day. It's a picturesque kind of course. awake, and it's just kind of bringing you back to life for the day. It's a picturesque course. I mean, granted, in the city, you know, the south of France, the, as Clark's, as Jeremy Clarkson said, you know, the Mediterranean glistening blue, which is surprising considering how many turds there are in it. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, like I was saying before, you can't call it one of the best races in the world when nobody no, passes. And it they've sucks. actually, I've actually heard rumblings of them considering getting rid of it because of how outdated the track is and how unable you are to race anybody on it. Cars are too big. The cars are too big. The cars are too fast. There's no passing zones. No. Yeah. Especially with these it. cars. With if you had something else like a a touring car or something like that, maybe there'd be room to pass in some places. But the streets are too narrow anyway. It's too tight for legend Miatas. cars. Miatas is probably the only thing that would put on an inter- interesting race there. If you allow full contact. Uh, anyway, so yeah, you can't give me that argument. Uh, it is definitely the best. So anyway, also okay, I'll go to number two. Because I thought of this one. Okay. Second DARF comment Second of the week. If Darf you're keeping track of, the week. of this conversation. Yes. All right. I have a blanket one to offer up, and I haven't done this one in a while. This one goes out to all the fans defending Carson Hosevar oh and God. saying that they lost respect for Ryan Priest for his post-race interview following the truck race on was that Friday night. Oh, come on. Um. Because apparently you don't understand the way big league racing works. Ryan got ran into the wall after outdriving this kid on a late race restart. Then he got ran into the wall for a second time, ruining his chances completely to either win or have a good finish. Both of them. Both of them. Yes. While while Hosfar might have admitted to making a mistake, it doesn't change the fact that when you're racing in the upper echelons of the sport, finishes all matter especially for somebody like Ryan. Sponsors don't look at how you ran all race. They see your finish. It's literally a spreadsheet that they look at. Ryan Priest is racing for his career, and I can't say that Carson Hosfar isn't because I don't know his current situation, but anybody who's 18 in an upper echelon ride, I don't think you're really that poor. Um, So anyway, every time he gets into a race car, he's fighting for his life essentially. And where he finishes determines how much his paycheck is. So that matters to him quite a bit. And I cannot stand how many people will actually make up stuff just to hate on Ryan because their moronic little heartstrings got tugged because this host of our kid let yet another win slip through his fingers. Ryan won a truck race in his first start. First. And this kid can't seal the deal with a full-time ride? The cameras catch him boo-hooing over losing a race, albeit, um, or, you know, because he can't race under pressure and, albeit, inadvertently junks his competition. I guess that's what I tried to say. These idiots on Reddit, which 
let's be fair, is all idiots. Uh, we're yeah. going so far as to say that Ryan had, quote-unquote, no talent, or wrecked 75% of JTG's cars, which I don't know where the hell he got that from. He, rare, he, he wrecked less on average than everyone else, to be he, fair. He wrecked less the, less cars for JTG than, than Ricky Stenhouse. Which is factual, yes. And he, quote, doesn't deserve to be there. Compared to who? The kid who couldn't race side-by-side side with him without crashing twice for one lap? This kid who needs a GPS, map, paid tour guide, whatever, homing pigeon, to find victory lane? <laughs> I mean, oh, Elliot Sadler called. Oh, that's the best one, Darfass idiots. Ryan held his line in that incident, and Sadler drove into him from behind. And Ryan was running for an owner's championship. Sadler's a, a crybaby anyway. He's yeah. the biggest crybaby um, anyway. Owner's championships matter. <laughs> so, a shut lot. up. Um, uh, anyway, it, this kid, you know, he's no different than Elliot Sadler. Elliot blamed Ryan, who did nothing wrong, for something that he did wrong, and he gets away with it. And then this kid does the same exact thing. Now, obviously... This he kid, didn't blame Ryan. He said he tried too hard. Well, let's be fair. All his fans blamed Ryan. His, yeah, but Darfs are idiots. We all know that. Yeah, but this kid also kind of piled on, and I'll get to that. Um, this kid, he, he does genuinely seem like a nice kid, but goddamn, you people who follow this stuff are absolutely ridiculous when it, gets your, when it comes to getting your emotions toyed with. Because, and I brought this up on Twitter. I hate rich kids in racing. Oh, not, then, not even that. Not and, even and then that. and then they then they simp for the rich kid. I, 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 well, I'll yeah, let you finish. I do get that part. I yeah. obviously, but I'll let you finish. I brought this up on Twitter. I said you people are being manipulated, and I know it sounds like a, a, a what is it conspiracy theorist thing to say? Oh, you're being manipulated by. It's the called media. an appeal to emotion. It's an argumentative fallacy. I'll bring it up right here. Oh, okay. There you go. You see this uh, appeal to emotion right there. Okay, there you, you got to go. plus that up because I can't there read you it. Go. Manipulating an emotional response in place of a valid or compelling argument. Okay, because I go. pulled up this article that was written by Racing America, which used to be Speed 51, obviously. Mm -hmm. The title was, When Fate Dealt Carson Hosevar Another Heartache Friday Night, Nice Motorsports teammate Ross Chastain took full advantage. Wait a minute. Since when was this kid screwing up fate? And when was... Destroying somebody else's race car and their chances at winning, heartache. Liberals. I can't take it, man, because this if you watch the broadcast, you saw exactly what I'm talking about. This kid gets out of the truck, and he sits down, and he's crying, and they show him crying, and he takes his helmet off, and he just slowly hugs people around him, and he says, oh, it was all my fault. And it's like, oh, the Dude. kid's being honest, so you love him even more. And then Ryan comes on. <laughs> And I know they tape the interviews at like the same time and they just, I think the producer, director, whoever plays it, just whatever order they choose, I suppose. And Ryan is on goddamn fire, which he has every right to be. Because it's his money and his ass on the line. Yeah. He's the one trying to make something of himself, just like this kid is. But this kid's 18 and he's probably not going anywhere because of the money that brought him there. Ryan... Didn't really come from deep pockets. He came from a lot of connections, let's be fair. But he's got the personality to make connections. And making connections is very important in being what he wants to be right now. An oh, NASCAR he's driver. he's a genuine person. Right. He's not going to lie to you. 
He's just going to tell you how it is. And he's a great salesman. That's why he's there. Okay? Granted, yes, I know his family could afford an SK for him when he was younger. Yes. But they didn't bring him all the way up. You know what I mean? So, Can I say something? Go ahead, sir. I'd like to take the floor for a few minutes, if you don't mind. Okay. Because I watched when I watched the clip, I really wanted to beat up on Carson Horsevar. Did I say Horsevar? You did say Horsevar. I'm sorry about that. I didn't really mean to be that catty. <laughs> and that uh, Freudian. Moving on. Anyhow. Anyhow, uh, I, I felt like when you have the pressures to, to win... And because if you win, you get in in the playoffs. That's the pressure that's put on you by NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and he's still trying to dig for his first ever win. That's a lot of pressure on a young man. And I kind of get where he came, where he's coming from. There was a lot of bumping from the rear, send him into the corner too hard, and harder than he expected. I, I saw that, and... When you, and then when that happens, you lose a little bit of air and everything, and the, and the truck gets sideways, and he's still trying to dig and dig and dig and dig, and he just kind of gets in over his head, and he was in over his head the, the first time, he was in over his head the second time. So I, I get being a young driver trying to win a race, and I understand that. doesn't make it okay. doesn't make it okay at all. Uh, I was in... There was a race I was actually in. I'll even tell you a story. I think it was my uh, was pr- my second season at Thompson, and uh, there was a young kid named Danny Cates that uh, uh, his yeah they they family bought him a, a street stock and he was trying to go in and and uh, learn how to race, learn basically. how to race, yeah. and he had a fast car one day and he got underneath me and. It might have been my rookie. It might have been my rookie season at Thompson. Actually, I don't think Danny was there that early. Was he? It was very close though. Because because I, I know I didn't have a lot of motor, and he he caught me. And I was leading the race, and uh, caught me, got underneath me, and uh, and we were going to the white flag, and he's trying to win his first race. You know, I I get it, and he drove in there way too hard and sent me into the wall. You know, and I was. Hey, I was pretty ticked off about that, you know, and he was visibly upset and, uh, you know, he ended up crying and, and everything. He was visibly upset because, you know, what he did and I, I didn't take it too well. So, but, uh, yeah, now that I'm older, you know, I totally understand where he's coming from. So, you know, when you want to win and, and, and sometimes when you're a young guy, you get over your head, it's just one of those things that happens, unfortunately. It just, people make it so much out to be more than what it is, you know? It's Here's just one of those me, things. Though. So I, I don't blame Dan. I don't blame Carson too much, you know. But uh, I also don't blame Ryan. I just wish that you know. I just wish that if you're a young guy, you just kind of learn how to take care of your competitors a little bit more when you're brand new, you know. And that's the thing I think I was upset about. So uh, I think that's probably what Ryan was upset about too. I think we'd be completely remiss if we didn't visit the times that Ryan kind of ran over a leader because he's done it a few times in a modified. Yeah, definitely. Which is. You know, well, sometimes it was payback. Sometimes it wasn't. You know, a couple times, yeah. People do take that kind of out of context. He did do that to a couple people who did kind of run him over for a win. If you talk about, the I wouldn't Kobe say it was at Waterford. That was payback. I think. No, I, I saw like something <laughs> from New Hampshire where he ran over Bonsignor and Gary's car, and um, oh, he yeah. sent it in hot yeah. on the bottom. Yep, and had a bad angle. Yep. Yeah, that was on him. Yep, and he owned it too after yep. the race. 
But it doesn't make it okay. No, it doesn't make it okay. <laughs> obviously, it remember, remember. no, but he did, he didn't go making snide comments and being an asshole about it either. Yeah, because that's what this kid kind of did. Because there was a point during the weekend when Ryan was out in practice with the cup car and he turned it around, like he got yeah. you know, spun it out, and he replied to the tweet, "Don't do that," yeah. because that's what Ryan said in the camera. He gave the camera knife hand like this. And he says, kids, if you're watching, don't do that. You know? Yeah. But you got to look at what Ryan's um, history is in NASCAR. Has everybody he, did that in the yeah, cup race I mean, this weekend. Everybody did that, too. But I'm saying, like, his history with driving yeah. big league NASCAR. Did he have these incidents in big league NASCAR, or did he just have it in a modified when he was barnstorming and racing for every penny he could? Right. You know what I mean? I'm not excusing any of his bullshit that pulled that he pulled a couple times because even I shook my head at that. But I mean, sometimes you're a racer and you do dumb dumb shit thinking it's going to work out, and then now you feel like an idiot, and that's exactly what happens. Yeah. So I mean, again, here's go ahead. here's my biggest thing of the whole thing. Carson is how old? 18, 19? Eight, 18. How old is Ryan? Twenty seven. How much actual racing experience does Ryan have? A ton. So we're we're having Carson learn how to race in the fucking truck series. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, why yeah. isn't this kid in a late model stock honing his craft for a few years? He has a, he has a super, and he has a history of stepping on his dick in the super too. Well, maybe he should run a late model stock instead of a super. That, Work well, your way I up. Mean, maybe he just needs a six hundred two or something. But seriously, like. We got to stop with these young ass kids that have zero racecraft getting into trucks and Xfinity and Cup and Arca. Like, let's not have them learn in two hundred fifty thousand dollar cars. Well, yeah. Well, that's that's another. And where you come is the chicken or the egg. And when yes. people when people mm. complain about. Well, that's the, the business you, model of the sport is completely broken too. Because it, yeah, when you, the reason that happens is because it's all about money, right? When you complete, when you complain about the, I believe Ryan Priest is uh, thirty-one. Is uh, he? Yeah, I think um, he's just turned thirty. I don't remember. Born nineteen ninety. Um, yeah. Really? Yeah. Damn. But um, you're getting old, brother. Probably yeah. thirty. I'd say thirty. Yeah. So. We, that comes down to okay so who are the fathers okay so everyone wanted to be like dale earnhardt all right cool so then you got you got so this is a business model paved after when jeff gordon came in and you got that all that money coming in in the 90s and whatnot the real high end you had jeff gordon yeah casey atwood you had buckshot jones no he's not young he wasn't <laughs> he, young. He, he yeah he ain't young no more no, he wasn't a young buckshot <laughs> back but, then. But and the and end. Joey Logano and I'm not finished yeah. on the point. I'm sorry, but it, all those guys uh, and Joey Logano and Leganal. you see what I did there. Yeah, don't hide your <laughs> Italian. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. At the, so at the you end have, of the day, to me, Ryan learned the right to be critical. Right, but all when you complain about kids who who are. Where do these kids come from? You got you got to look at the parents. The parents are the ones that are pushing them to be like Joey Logano and uh, Jeff Gordon and and everyone else. And and the and ones whose the daddies image, have paid their way. Yeah, that want to be like Dale Earnhardt, who was a wheel man. You know, not a not a sp- silver spoon guy. You know. Well, no no offense to so, any of those drivers, but 
Ryan has more of a chance at being like Dale Earnhardt than any of those spoon-fed brats. Right, and so that's what's wrong. A lot of wrong, what's wrong with racing today is is that all these young kids are getting pushed into it with their parents, where they they do that meme where they instead of jumping from like a uh, they go from a bandolero to an SK modified, or they go from a bandolero to a full blown uh, touring uh, super late model or whatever. Uh, Whatever they take the, the elevator Bush to North the top car. rather than the stairs. Yeah, they take the elevator and they don't have they don't know the climb, man. No, they don't gotta, know the climb. Man. There's a reason why all the Cup Series stars from the so, eight, you know from until like the 2000s were older guys in their 30s plus 40s. Yeah, you know, because they all came from the short tracks with tons yeah. of racing experience. Dick Trickle wasn't even a freaking NASCAR rookie until he was in his 50s. 48. Oh, I was close. 48. Yeah. Um, Oldest one. And he'd won a thousand freaking short track races all across the country. You know? Yeah. Was he ever in the way? (laughs) No. Because he wasn't an idiot. He could race you and not be stupid about it. No, he put his knee on the the steering wheel like this. Smoke a cigarette. And then he popped the (laughs) cigarette lighter out there. Put the hole through his helmet like that, and then you just go like this. Just spark it right up. Yep. And then take the <laughs> take the hand off and go down to the track at 200 yeah. miles an hour. They would. They would smoke right in the car. They didn't give a shit. <laughs> but anyway, um, I again, I, I talked about it earlier, and it's like one of those instances where somebody, and it's really kind of rare though. But it, Ryan did absolutely nothing wrong on the racetrack. I don't care about his past. We've already addressed it. He even gave plenty of room too. Oh my God! Yeah. Well, yeah. And Carson Horsevar was uh, he he dominated the most of the race. He probably felt entitled, magic word, to that win. Too. Yeah, except you're not. It doesn't matter how many laps. It you ain't lead. over. Um, but again, it's one of those instances that you don't see very often. But you got to look out for somebody doing absolutely nothing wrong and taking the blame for the incident. And these people Blame are the victim. These people are are hammering Ryan Priest just because he was mad. Oh, look at his past. Oh, look at this. Look at that. It's like number one, you're taking a lot of those out of context. Number two, yeah, he made mistakes just like every other race car driver. Shit, I still make mistakes. I drive into the damn wall because I'm not paying attention. Um, just but who's who's fixing that car on Monday? Right. Ryan. He probably is. He he's in the shop working with the with the guys at SHR. He's posted it on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, he's one of the few he's guys in, who actually will. He's in will. there working. And well, the cool thing about Tony Stewart is he probably let him because a lot of drivers' contracts tell him to stay he would the hell be, out of the he, shop. That's probably a special situation. Most of the NASCAR shops, from what I've heard, they don't like the driver working on the car. No, they usually tell people not to drive or the drivers not to work on the car. So, again, it's I just... Think, I think Gragson does the same thing, though. I think he comes into the shop and works with the team. It would be good for the drivers to work on the cars with the team. Because then you know more about the cars, and then you have a better technical knowledge of it, so that when you're driving it, you can reference more things and try to figure that out with the setup. That's right. Because well, it's more intuitive. To be fair, I, I don't think there's a driver in that pit area for the trucks or the Xfinity series that knows a race car better than Ryan or Stewart. P.S. There. Who won the truck race? Didn't he? No, I think he won a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh, no, he won a couple he? weeks ago. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was last week. Yeah, he won a truck race this year, but it was last week. My bad. 
I, got, I should mention that I, I got was who won, but to, we're not talking about the truck race yet. So yeah, kind of on your point. Uh, it's funny because I was listening, and I told you this. I was listening to Claire B. Lang on Sirius XM Radio the next morning, and Ross Chastain was on there Saturday morning, and he defended what Ryan said, and he said Ryan's been critical of him before, and he's taken that criticism and learned from it and changed some of how his style is and maybe his thought process on the track too. Yeah, you, you got to listen to someone with experience like that. I mean, Ryan's won how many mod tour races, SK races, tr- truck races now, Xfinity races. Like, he can drive a car. Like I you said, I want to listen to him. The kid finished second in like his what first start in good equipment in Xfinity. I said in it, good equipment. Some, I'll probably get shit for saying this too, but some days you're beat, and some days you have to know that you're beat. Now. That's not to say back off and don't race them, but don't race them like an idiot. Don't throw a Hail Mary off into turn three like that. Know what you have, basically. Yeah. Race, you race what you have, and whatever it, happens, happens. Travis Downey and uh, Fink Bang. Yeah. They knew what they had. They raced it outside side by side and said, all right, may the best man win. That was it. That's what racing is. You don't throw Hail Marys. That's that's hack. Yeah. If those Chase guys, Briscoe. If those guys did that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Chase did it this week, but at least he only turned himself around this time. He learned well, from the first time. So <laughs> I, I think he just threw it in. On, on, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll get it later. That that was definitely a Hail Mary at the wrong time. I would have waited till the last lap. All right, so people think more critically before you criticize somebody. I mean, what reason do you it's what reason media. what reason honestly do you really have to hate Ryan Priest? I mean, social media gives people a platform that don't deserve a platform. Social media gives idiots a platform to be louder than they already are. Uh, so anyway, because the one thing that frightens me the most out of this is that these people vote. And they're that easily manipulated by the press or the media and everything else that they read about. So I'm very it's scared of that. So <laughs> please don't bring that attitude to the polls. Yeah, well, there's NPCs anywhere. Also, I just wanted to add that Carson Horse of our... Looks like he one throated a wall or a watermelon. He's got the biggest Adam's apple in the world. What? There's no denying. Maybe he's... one throated Ross Chastain. Let's not go there. Oh no, <laughs> poor Ross. He's catching flack for no reason. That was mean of me. I'm sorry, Carson Horsever. Yeah, we'll get to the truck race later. Okay. So we just we just did. We're that's all that needs to be talked about. We don't have to talk about the truck race anymore. I don't think. No, no, we'll get there because somebody did win, and we didn't mention who it was, even if they watched it. But wasn't it Ross Chastain? Yeah, it was. Okay, so so. moving on. We got better things to talk about now. Right. We'll move to local stuff. So Stafford got one race in, which stinks. Yeah. I wish they got them all in. I was going to go, but then I saw the forecast, and I was one of those race fans. But anyway, it It kind of saved me time and money, unfortunately. Uh, Just watch it on flow. I'll get there eventually. Uh, the only race they got in was the limited late models uh, because rain started falling in their victory lane, and that ended the night, so that sucks. That was a pretty good race. Yeah. It was a pretty good race. We got a little bit to talk about there. Gary Patno led the majority of the event, and he's had some serious issues he this year. He didn't crash or get broken didn't down. Didn't crash or break down or nothing. There was no real drama to this race except uh, right at the end when he got passed on the white flag or under the white flag, really, by Alexandra Fern, who also didn't get wrecked or crashed, uh, or crashed or whatever. Or broken um, down. Or broken whatever. down or whatever happens. Nope. She drove a heck of a race, that's for sure. Yep. And Weeks she since the 22 or 12 haven't wrecked. Or broken. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so anyway, they, she got her first win of the season. Uh, but in his interview, Gary Patnode said that he didn't want to be that guy in block, but he did. Anybody else catch that? A was, lot. A lot, too, yeah. He was running the protect line, and I think that's what killed his race. I'm like, well, why say that, Gary? <laughs> You're killing me, dude. If you didn't like, want to block, if you didn't want to be the guy to block, then why to block? I, I was maybe I missed something there. Maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention. I don't and know. People I, say I've that a lot, s- even though they do it. This is weird. I, I've said this a ton of times. When you run the protect line, you slow yourself down. Yeah, just you're... run your line. If he's on your bumper and you want to block or or run a protect line, then run it. But when he's five or six car lengths back, all you're doing is killing yourself. Yeah, you you're running the I forget what the hell they call it line chicken something line. <laughs> yeah, they just call it the chicken line or something like that. You just run two lanes off the wall. It's the grow for, I, the I've gopher groove. A, yeah, I've watched a bunch of experienced racers at Stafford okay. do this lately in both the street stocks and the late models, and it just I don't understand. It's never it. worked. It's run never your worked. line. Never works. Yeah, if you deviate from your line, you're killing your entry. And your center because your and entry your exit. sucked, and then your exit because the first part of the corner sucked. So you're going to ruin the whole rest of the corner. You got to nail the entry. And then those people would be like, they enter low and shallow like that, and then they're going to come over the rail. Oh, the car's getting tight. Well, no yeah. shit, you have no entry angle because you're driving a square angle into the corner, dude. I love it when people run the protect line because I'm like, I'm going to run my line. And it just sucks run your because ass you down. know they're going to try to steer into your race car, and then they're going to blame you. If you wreck, if you, wreck if, them, if you, know? you pull to their whatever side and they try to block you and they turn across your nose, you're going to be the guy going to the back, which really sucks. Well, so. Jesse, that night you were running the 25 at Thompson and I turned your left rear tire white. Yeah. You, ran, you ran your line. I just couldn't get around you. Right. <laughs> it's true. You were way slower than me. If I had gotten past you, the whole field would have been behind mm-hmm. me by a lot really quick. I had a little bit of protect line here or there. Yeah. A yeah. little bit. A little bit. You I would was a enter a little block. shallower, but you would also clip the apron and turn the car. Yeah, and then I would come out high so that Corey Hutchins wouldn't get the run. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> Corey was outside. I was on the inside. He was We're pissed. both beat your bumper <laughs> off. He, he was, was really mad. pissed when I wrecked him. And then you both took care of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, he, I almost he, got now one. He chopped my nose, and I said, I'm not lifting <laughs> Yeah, I, I I drove him nuts. I'm I had sorry. A, <laughs> I had a ton of rear brake in the car, and I slid sideways up into that, and I barely missed it. I'm like, oh that, boy! I love Corey, yeah. but I mean, that's my point. You yeah. you won that race. Why? Because you stayed with your line. You stuck to what you knew would work, and you didn't screw mm-hmm. yourself up. A lot of yeah, thank you. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of little tricks and a little experience here and there. You know, there's there's things that you could do that you just can't really explain too well. That yeah. You could do stuff like that, and it's it's not just turn left gas, turn left. Gas. There's there's no, different ways you to play go in the corner. It. I mean, you 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 tapped the brake on me a couple of times, and I knew it. Yeah, it yeah. Gave, you gave know, you a know. gap for a lap, and like, but that's gamesmanship. That's racing. A little I enjoy bit. that stuff. It's it's, bo- it's like boxing out in the paint, you know. Or yeah. you if, know? if you're gonna block me, I'm gonna send your ass. I mean, you we were we were talking about racecraft earlier, and this is exactly what we're talking about. Three guys who have a lot of experience in short track racing talking about all the little games they play. And you know what? When people start playing games with me on the racetrack, I'm just like, oh, so it's a chess match. So I don't get yeah. mad. I don't get mad. I'm just like, oh, we're going to play games today. So I start playing games back, and it's, yeah. it's, it becomes it's a so match. much fun. It makes yeah. it entertaining, too. It becomes more cerebral than it really should yeah, be. You know, and then you guys can get out of the car. And, Jesse, I wrecked that night, and what did we do? We laughed about it later. Yeah, I didn't wreck anybody. <laughs> I, I, like, I'm I know, but, like, I could have been mad. I knew what happened, though. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. These kids, they just got so much to freaking learn. I mean, we've all been pissed in a race car, but yeah, it's it's what it, yeah they the uh, don't know the craft. There's there's no craft. There's no sense of honor. There's no uh, ability to it, and that's what yeah I mean, kind of lost from it. It's basically uh, nihilism kindergarten, basically with steering wheels. Right at, at the at the end of the night, though, Pat knowed once once Alexander got under, just like I said, he knew he was beat. He still raced her and still raced her hard. Yeah, he but did. he knew okay, this is all I've got. I'm gonna make the best of it, and if I don't come out on top, well, there's next week and not a wrecked race yeah, car. Yeah, sometimes there'll be more there'll be more race wins for Gary Patino. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely, he's yeah, a hell of a driver. Once he stops breaking and they figure it out again, he'll get back up there. He's good. Yeah. So now you have something to build on. Yeah, it'll be I fine. think I think Early. he's got his bad luck turned around for the year. For I hope so. Yeah. We'll see. I've thought that don't, before. Don't say you weren't blocking and then block. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be that guy, but I was that there's guy. There's cameras there. We saw it. <laughs> it's all good. Right. I didn't want to do it, but I did it. Well, like, put on well then why'd you say anyway. don't do it? <laughs> yeah, it was a good show. Killing me. Did you just say thank your sponsors and move on? It's too yeah, bad we have to wait till Friday now for Stafford, but you now That's a fight. That was Speedball got everything in, right? The Speedball did get everything in because they were, I don't know how. I don't, yeah. Riverhead rained out. We're talking about that. I had spitty rain all day on Saturday, too, where I was working. Riverhead rained out. Seekonk moved their their thrill show to Sunday, I think. And it's Speedball. Just missed them. Just missed them. They caught rain once earlier in the day, but after that, they got the whole show in. Granted, obviously, the crowd was not there. Um, but yeah, it's that, tough that's what rain does, makes, man. You know? Anytime you threaten rain, you're never going to get a crowd. And that's what really sucks because you need the race to go and run. But when people don't come, it's like, well, what was the point? You know, that sucks. Business so, mentality. Phil would say I would have canceled that race. Knowing uh, that the forecast was as bad as it was, you're yeah. going to lose your ass. Yeah. Which sucks, well. but. They're going to run it anyway, but, to yeah. be fair. I, I don't know well, much about running a racetrack, but I always hope that you get enough money in on the back end, on the back gate. If you got enough money in cars it, yeah. on the back gate, all the front of the house is all gravy. Hopefully. Well, That's I mean, the plan. They, they don't get enough, guess, in, the back they don't gate get right enough in the back gate. Well, if they got seven divisions yeah. that run weekly, so I think they get enough overall, right? God. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the most yes. Florida track of the North right now. <sighs> Too many divisions. All right. Um, <laughs> Seven divisions of five cars. Sounds like. I mean, obviously, we can credit their stubborn efforts of getting it done, but I do need to admit something. I wasn't there and I didn't follow along. So, um, <laughs> Mitchell, Mitch, you got the floor. So I'm going to revert to their press release again. My apologies. <laughs> but, uh, Mitch, I has want, the you floor. know, thank you, Mitch. We need somebody to tell these guys stories, and racers deserve to have their stories told. And Mitch does a good job of their social media and writing press releases. We should releases. have just had Bonsa. Oh, he was there. That's right. Oh, yeah. Well, Mitch writes the press releases, and he's a listener, so thank you again. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so I think I've done this before, but I'll read it off because he kept it pretty brief. Okay. You go ahead. I'm going to get a refill on ginger ale. Good. While you do, Should we do the story time theme? No, no, no. <laughs> this isn't story time. This is just press release time, I guess. <laughs> no more story time this week. So uh, Ray Christian III didn't break anything this week again. Uh, he was having a rough go of things during open practice sessions because he only completed mm, two laps in two weeks before the season started. Um, but he overcame all adversity once the green flag flew and dominated for one of the biggest events of the season because this was a 50-lap event 
for the late model uh, at the Shoreline Oval. Sorry, I had to add that in because that's from the press release. Christian took the lead away from pole sitter Doug Curry by lap three, but would lose it to Jordan Hadley after the race got off to a rocky start. Charles Bailey III, Paul Newcomb, and Tyler Tomasi, not surprised, would get into trouble in turn three, ending all of their nights on lap ten. Uh, Hadley set the pace over the next couple restarts, but it was in those restarts that gave Christian the opportunity to wrestle it back from the outside groove. Sorry if I'm not reading this verbatim. I'm adding my own flair to it. Moving on. Uh, the remaining 40 laps would click off the scoreboard with no further hiccups, and Christian would walk away from the field. Defending champion Jason Palmer was on the attack, but used up his equipment and couldn't reel in Christian after he passed Hadley with 15 to go. Obviously, Jason Palmer's car is hooked up, and that thing always is. I think Ray is easily the number two car at that track, but some nights they're very, very even, and it only comes down to the drivers, so it's hard to tell the difference between them two when they're on. I, I would only give a, an edge to Ray because of his tenacity behind the wheel. I would not want to get into a pissing match on the racetrack with Ray. Yeah, but Palmer's got all that experience too, so it's tough to it's tough to bet against him right now. Jesse's stealing my sign. Apparently, we're going to talk behind this. There it is. That's a new sign. Is, yeah. is that their advertisement for uh, upcoming races? Yeah, Thompson's. That's the only kind of races they host. Thompson Speedway road races. <laughs> I believe that date is actually legit. Like they do have something going on twenty fourth. Happy birthday! Happy birthday to me, by the way. It is my birthday as of recording. Um, don't really care. Thanks for the wishes, all of you. I do. It's almost halfway it. to dead. Yay. I'm already halfway to dead. Who are we cutting? Um. Anyway, moving on. He uh, writes about the SK race. Todd Owen would put on a clinic in the 35 lap SK modified feature event, and do so even after his radio communication had failed. Uh, Owen said that by lap four, it was radio silence, so he just took off, not knowing where runner-up Andrew Muller was on the track. Last week's winner, Eric Burnt, would be um, I'm sorry, my phone <laughs> would be the only driver to not be able to finish the race, exiting on lap four, and he dominated the first race of the year, so that's the two ends of the spectrum there. The rest of the race would run clean and green with the ground pounders rolling around the high side, so I guess it was pretty good. Uh, Todd just kind of ran out. Let's see. There was double the amount of street stock racing with, well, I'd say that, but I don't think there was double the amount of cars, which kind of sucks. Anyway, we'll move on from that. With Brian Norman winning the uh, new London Waterford Speed Bowl street stock race. Sorry, there was two of them. I forgot why they were putting those two together. I forgot there was open street stocks and there's regular street stocks. Sorry, I got a brain fade there. And Ryan Lynham was awarded the win in the open street stock race. We'll get into that. Norman led all 25 laps of the Speedball street stock race to capture his very first street stock win, going unchallenged by last week's feature winner, Sean Gatekey. Uh The open street stock race brought together cars from New Hampshire, Seekonk, and the Speedball. While the racing was fairly competitive, it was slowed by a f uh, few cautions and incidents taking out competitors like Adam Kutu, who was able to walk away from a hard hit coming out of turn four. Yeah, that's not a good wall to hit. Um, none of them are any none good. None of them are any the good. I mean, one. I would rather hit the straightaway wall, let's be fair. <laughs> I don't want to hit the corners there. Um, <laughs> Do they re-radius the Widowmaker? Why don't they put tires there anymore? Well, they have a wall there. Uh, they have a gate there now. 
like an actual it's flush. Fl- it's oh, a flush so, gate. So you can't, you actually can't open the gate and. Oh, well, you can if you crash into it hard enough. Just ask Diego Monahan and Doug Curry. Well, fair. No, I was just <laughs> thinking of a way to protect that wall like they used to. Because I, I mean, we've seen a bunch of guys go into four, and it that's a hard hit. Again, it's it's flush now. It's a solid thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, that's why I was. I didn't know they re-radiused it. I hadn't really ever paid attention to it too much because I haven't been there since they redid the corners a ton. I'd like to see the the wall be a little stronger. I know they have beefed it up a few times, but um, I still don't like a, a wall that's not solid. You know, it's. Um, the, I know the walls at Thompson are pretty beefy. The gates, um, but yeah, anyway, those gates at Thompson are nasty. Yeah, it's just in a kind of a bad spot at Waterford. I'd like to see it a little more beefy, but I don't think if they beefed it up, would they be able to open it with one guy or two guys? I don't know. So. Anyway, Christopher, uh, let's see here. Oh, he somebody collect. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed this spot. Uh, coming in at turn four, rookie Ike uh, Chima. I believe he raced at Stafford as well. Not yep. sure. Uh, made contact with the wall after cutting down a right front tire, uh, collecting Christopher Buffon, who's a perennial favorite in the two car. Uh, winner Ryan Lynam made several attacks on race leader Jimmy Renfrew to no avail, but it was in post-race tech where Lynam was made the winner. No word on what actually they teched. I have no What is I, up? I actually just found out what, what uh, he got tossed for. You found out? Yep, he was light. Oh, that's typical, to be fair. That's I mean, the that easiest just, thing to that's the easiest thing to tech. I mean, get out of town. Rick Jimmy the, Renfrew didn't Jr. They recently get, get out. DQ'd for being light too somewhere else. I think, I think so. Renfrew did got I mean, I, you know, I can't hate the guy that much because I love what his dad does and what those guys do for him. Oh, yeah, but he's been thrown out from so many different places. I mean, come on, guys, get it together. We can't cheat, man. Just, I know that's probably not, I don't know. I have no idea what these guys are doing, but come on, wait's the easiest one, man. You got to get through that at least. They weigh them all down here. They just run it too late, too, too close. Maybe they're used to running in places where they weigh before the race. Well, that's that. That's what we do down here. We have a, a pre-race weight. Yeah, pre-race weight and a burn-off rule. Yeah. So, All right. I mean, if you run a ton of cautions, like that race clearly had a bunch of cautions. If you <laughs> run it too close, you're going to bite yourself there. So maybe that's it. Maybe we're Wait, just do you get these weighed after the race. You have a you pre-race. The, you have a pre-race yeah, weight, a, and then you got to have weight, and then you got to find after the race to make sure you're within the burn-off. Okay. Okay. That's that's good. So the victory. Yeah, we should. The victory, hands Lynam, I believe is in one of Scoots' cars, uh, a guaranteed starting spot for the Northeast Street Stock Championship uh, championship coming up this October during Smacktoberfest at Waterford. I've heard rumors of. I have no idea what the schedule is. I have no idea what anything is. I've heard it's going to be about thirty five hundred bucks to win for a street stock race. That's what that's I've heard. I'm not good. sure what exactly they're going to have, but. I've heard it's going to be a, a bigger dollar street stock race. And I guarantee it's going to be like something stupid like open rules and just completely punish all the guys who actually race here and support the place. Because it it's going to be a is. bunch of northern cars and Seacott cars. Yeah, it's going to be all NHSTRA cars coming down and kicking everyone's ass. Because, I mean, if you're going to have a high dollar paying event at a racetrack for a lower tier division, you should probably have it for the cars that are legal in the lower tier division, who race there weekly. 
I mean, if somebody wants to come down who has a car that actually fits the rules, feel free. I mean, if they did local rules only, they'd only get six or seven cars. No, they'd get because a lot they changed their rules away from what made sense. Yeah, but even I'm questioning if it's going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, if it's going to be a local rules race. I have a set of gears and a set of wheels I could borrow, and I could yeah. find a sponsor to pay for yeah. tires. I would consider yeah, if, doing if, it if they were already if it was if they already had enough cars. You know, if they were going to do it for local rules and not enough cars show up, it's like yeah, well. Everybody who has a car that's local rules would be there if they, you know, would be already there if they had a car. Yeah, but money is a great incentive. Money is a great incentive, but so even if what what I want to know more is what it pays to start because that's at the end of the day what is going to draw the cars. I don't really know. I have no idea what any of the rules or anything is going to be. So I'm just saying, if it is thirty five hundred dollars to win. That race better be $500 to start. I'm sorry. We'll probably know two weeks before the event starts. This isn't Florida, Phil. We don't get paid up here, okay? They don't, this isn't the south where racing we, matters. We don't get paid down the here Midwest. either. The only place we get paid is Wheelman. This isn't Wheelman, Phil. We don't get paid. <laughs> okay, moving on. All right, so I'll move on here. SK Lights got off to a rough start with a few rough incidents. I like I like how uh, the Roughing Fenders podcast, uh, Ray, Randy Phillips, he calls the SK divisions, he calls them Seek and Kill. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I've never heard that show. I'm sorry. It's, it's I don't not, listen to it. It's not that bad. He covers Star and stuff in a lot of northern places, too. It's, yeah, a, good, it's a good listen. I like the Roughing Fenders. I'll have what's to get up the, to uh, What's the SK Light division, then? Seek and kill light. Well, exactly. <laughs> Seek and kill junior. Yeah, That's what go. it is. There you go. Junior. I like yeah. junior. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that took out like six cars before they even completed lap five. Uh, that sounds <laughs> about that right. Is that the whole field? That's pretty much it. Mike McCarthy, Michael McCarthy, I'm sorry, who has had a few heat race wins under his belt, was able to hold off back-to-back winner Tom Abley Jr. to lead all 25 laps of this event. This marks his first career win in both the SK Lights and at the Speed Bowl. So good for him. It's always nice to see a first-time winner. All right. You so. know, you mentioned that name, and it makes me wonder what happened to the Dalton McCarthy kid up at Stafford. Is he still running? No, he's. I think they sold the car. It was for sale. I did see it for sale. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. I think that was Bissett's car. That was a fast car. I was trying to buy that before I moved. I saw it for sale, and I'm like, damn, I don't have the money. Oh, well. I think that's the same family. I think that's Stu McCarthy and, and then again, that whole group. Same they number. also helped the Sundeans and all that. It's the same number. It's you know, or it's not the same number, is it? Uh, Dalton was what the hell is his number? Dalton was the four. Oh, okay, because this car is the two. So I don't know. Whatever. I'll just speculate that maybe they are. Cool to see a new winner. It is. Here's a good story. Uh, one week ago, Ed Ryan Jr. was sliding down the back straightaway on his driver's side door. But this week, he duels back and forth with Andrew Morin in an intense side-by-side battle to score his first career truck win. That must have been a good show. I wish I'd seen it. I'm sure we will on a video. Uh, Let's see. Defending Legends Car champion Johnny O'Sullivan would get out to an early lead and hold off last week's winner Brody Monahan to take his first checkered flag of the season in the Legends Cars. I did not see mini stocks on this program. They may have had the week off. They might have had the week off they anyway. Do, they do I believe sometimes it was probably rotate. a scheduled week off. Yeah, they do get scheduled week off down at the Speed Bowl for every division, I think. I forgot about that. I believe they had the week off because they had the open street stock race. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Yeah, give them the night off because then you have an extra full fender division. 
be easier to pick cars. All right. So I actually got to watch the Whalen Modified Tour race, and that was held at one of my favorite racetracks when I was growing up. Uh, that was at Jennerstown Speedway in Pennsylvania. No, oh, I love that track. It's such a cool track. The Bush Series used to race there. It's like Stafford on steroids. It, yeah, it's like Stafford with a lot of it's Stafford with banking all the way around, basically. It's like if Stafford and South Boston had a baby, kind of. Yeah. Um, but Mike Christopher Jr. bests Tyler Ripkema and J.B. Fortin, names you don't really hear a lot of. Uh, well, Ripkema is on a partial Rip- schedule, I think. And Ripkema, he's kind of hit or miss. He can be good at places. Um, J.B. Fortin. He's usually really good here at Speed Weeks. Yeah, J.B. Fortin, uh, he's a Riverhead guy, I'm pretty sure. And this yep. was definitely his best modified tour finish ever. I know he runs partial schedule as well, I believe. Yeah, I think he usually runs Thompson races, Stafford races, and uh, the speed um, speed bowl. Yeah, Riverhead races. Smaller speed bowl. Got it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, this marks, by the way, three straight wins for Tommy Baldwin racing on the tour. If you'll remember, the first two came with Doug Kobe in a backup role or fill-in role for Jimmy Blewett. And now Poor they've... Jimmy. Yeah, I feel bad for Jimmy. He's got so much pressure on his shoulders now. Yeah, right. And he so, has to win. Has now, to win. Yeah, and Mike Christopher Jr. gets his. He's won tour type modified races. Well, didn't Jimmy Blue win already? In, well, not at, uh, didn't he win down at Speed Weeks? He won the championship at Speed Weeks in the seven, yeah. I believe. So yeah. I don't. Yeah, you don't feel too bad for Jimmy, okay? Yeah. I mean, he so. ran pretty good in that car. <laughs> to be quite honest, let's be honest. Yeah, but yeah. he hasn't won yet in that car. I don't believe. Didn't he win Unless at Speed I'm, Weeks once? I think he finished second. I think you finished second to Hirschman, maybe in the in the gym, the yeah in the Blewett. Yeah. Okay. So he was close. He, he, he's been close a few times, but he did he's win the title. Really so. consistent. Yeah, yeah, he did win the title. Um, by the way, surprise of the season so far is definitely Justin Bonsignor. Uh, he broke. Who? He yeah exactly. He broke at the Riverhead race, and he had other issues that contributed to him getting lapped at this past event at. Uh, Jennerstown, a lot uh, of just, a, a lot of front runners really were not having a good time at Jennerstown either, from what I saw. Yeah, and I think he won the last Jennerstown race, so that so, night yeah. and day difference is just crazy. Jennerstown, I'm so glad Jennerstown's back because I know they were closed for a little while, and I figured out some what somebody else bought it and they've renovated it and it's doing fantastically now. Apparently, yeah they they even put in brand new Musco, I think LED lighting. Uh, at the whole facility because I mean watching the broadcast that place is lit up like the 4th of July oh kind of like what uh, Martinsville has yes gotcha so that's pretty neat uh, Christopher gets to pass on his name into the record books of the NASCAR Whalen modified tour as what now the third Christopher to win on the tour yeah yeah I think so all right so national stuff we're getting oh, a little second since second. second Mike's only win was at the bowl but he got DQ'd driving Bears car that's what I thought Damn it. Thankfully, <laughs> Mike doesn't have a win on the tour. Okay, so the second one. He joins his Uncle Ted. He won. I consider myself winning, even though I got DQ'd once. <laughs> I still claim it. All right, so anyway, national stuff. We'll go into it because it was Redneck Christmas. Quite literally all weekend. There were Truck Race, Xfinity Race, Cup Race, Monaco, uh, Indy 500, 
Yeah. I mean, Little 500 at Anderson. I mean, you name it. There was so much going on. It literally is Redneck Christmas the last weekend in May. Daytona 500 is Redneck New Year. This is Redneck Christmas. Sorry. But and it's there was the all kinds of good racing on Flow Racing and Speed 51, too. Oh, there was short track racing everywhere, like I Montgomery said. Montgomery was going on. I mean, there was a ton of stuff. Shoot. I didn't write down who won the Little 500 at Anderson. Damn it. I know Bobby Santos won that uh, race at IRP in the... He won the midgets. Or the yeah, I forgot what it was. If it was a midget or silver. Yeah, I saw carb. I saw him winning in the midgets. All right, on Carb Night. Oh yeah, the Carb I, Night Classic. I couldn't yeah, stay up okay. to watch this, the the uh, Silver Crown. Damn. I didn't run out of time. What silver was that Crowns. on? Flow. Damn it! It was on Flow. Yeah, it's on Flow. I gotta pay more attention, man. I, I, I couldn't stay up to watch cars. the sprint cars, and I ran out of time this weekend to to, to catch up and watch it. If you're if you're but a racing fan uh, at all, I love the sil- pavement Silver Crown cars. Pavement. On it. Oh my god. Pavement silver crown cars big, are wild to watch. Big cars. Yeah, they're giant midgets. I know that sounds kind of contradictory, obviously, but they look like it. And Why do we not got, have modern silver crown cars on iRacing? We get those old ones with the freaking bubble bodies. Yeah, those are kind yeah, of like Dave Steele style. Yeah, the, the, I don't know why. but Because anyway. those are a niche, a niche class, to be quite honest. They, they're so cool, though. It's, one, it's my favorite class on iRacing, quite honestly. They it's are the, so the, cool pavements anyway but yeah anywho in my opinion it was a boring truck race at charlotte until about seven laps to go when someone crashed and brought out a yellow i forgot i didn't write it down now carson hosevar led handily over ryan priest and if you don't remember anything you didn't listen to the first part of this show but the yellow killed that advantage nobody had tires left and nobody pit so priest took the top on the choose above hosevar on the first greenway checker Obviously, we'd mentioned this before, but Josefar slid up into Priest off two, ran him into the outside wall on the backstretch. Priest fought back, pushing him back down the track, going into three. He had a slight advantage, but Josefar slid up into Ryan again, putting them both into the turn three wall. Josefar backwards, and uh, Priest kind of just side-slapping it, but Where he cut you, down a right rear Ross tire. Ross Chastain won the race. And Ross Chastain did come by to win the race. Here's one little weird little nugget about that race with Hosevar. Why would he choose the bottom on that final restart when all he had been doing is restarting on the top? You know, why would you change up your line and change up everything you've been doing? He was probably, you know, he was probably worried that Priest would get the run on the bottom and clear him coming up. So he wanted to kind of protect that off, thinking he was beat. Right, but the thing is, is there was no guarantee. He's the leader. He has to fire first. Exactly. So you just go. If you're on the top side, you hopefully will have at least an advantage or not have the guy be that far out in front of you. And if it's on the restart, you're probably never going to lift going through that corner anyway. You're probably in third gear by the time you enter turn one. And he could have pinched off Priest like a turd on the bottom on entry and just drove away. But he chose the bottom. And obviously that's what happened. Priest, yeah, that didn't work out. Priest pit for a flat tire. He rallied to 11th. Very unhappy at the end of the race. Nobody blames him. Well, except for the people conditioned to except like. Darf City. Yeah, left, except for the Darfs conditioned to like Carson Osfar for some reason. Um, I don't... Ensuing second, green-white checkered finish, Ross Chastain took the top. And it was an absolute battle for the win. It, You know, they mentioned it on the broadcast, but it looked like Ross was down a cylinder. I don't know, but he was really slow down the straightaways. Couldn't tell if it was a draft issue or whatever, but he managed to hold them off and win. I want to talk about the Indy 500. Josh Berry and JRM <laughs> dominated the Xfinity race. 
okay. at Charlotte. <laughs> We're going in order here. Indy 500 is next. We, we JRM's oh, okay. just yeah. dominating Xfinity series right now. Absolutely. The last 10 stages in the last four out of the last five races. And for most of the race, they were all in the top five. Yeah. All of them. This one was quite messy. Cautions plaguing the first half of the event, eventually stringing out towards the end. Ryan Priest did lead laps all day. I believe he was. Uh, he did finish P5 and uh, had a great run in the number five car. I believe that's a BJ McLeod car that SHR set up for him. Because <laughs> let's be McLeod fair. Car. Let's be fair. It's BJ owns it. SHR put it on their surface plate. It was a joint effort, uh, but it does show BJ that his equipment's pretty decent. Someone else. <laughs> Has the uh, resources into it, I guess. <laughs> Poor BJ. Yeah, somebody else knew, sets it you up. You knew there drives. was a difference beyond the talent level of drivers. BJ when... doesn't have the equipment these guys have. I mean, or yeah. in the shop, set up stuff, or the knowledge, engineering. He's well, a little I'm team. Sa- I'm saying the difference between his two cars, the five car and the seventy-eight car, were eighteen spots apart in, pra- in qualifying. Exactly. Like, that's. It, that's the resources talent of the team. Talent preparation are the key, apparently. Yeah, talent preparation and resources. That's what the five car had because Ryan brought that Stuart Haas. Uh, I wonder if they take that over. stuff back after he's done. CJ, <laughs> don't write these numbers down now. We have to take I, the car I back to the shops. A, top secret. <laughs> I believe there was a picture of that car floating around at SHR too. It probably was. I mean, obviously, it's they they made no bones about the fact that it was a joint effort. And I don't hey, and he care. still finished better than Herbst. Hey, you know what? The Bobby Dodder thing was an SHR thing as well. And it's only going to be good for the smaller teams. It's just helping them a lot. You know, It's helping these bigger teams develop their drivers. It's helping these little teams survive because they're getting yep. wins and, and, you know. They need to take a screenshot on their phone. they yeah. got to take a, take a picture of the setup sheet with their phone or something. Screenshot it. Just okay, reverse see what they're doing. Bring it back to your shop and reverse engineer it. Yeah. <laughs> the shocks probably came off that car the instant it got into the garage area. <laughs> Under a blanket or something. Shocks and springs, and they put setup bars back Sh- in it. Shrouded in in in, con- in, in uh, invisible cloak or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Indy 500, in. Jess. Yay, finally. finally. Top five for Ryan Priest in the Xfinity race when he was going to win the truck race is not bad for somebody without He talent. had a pretty good weekend there. You know, there. <laughs> Hey, not bad for somebody without talent, huh? Yeah. yeah, okay, shut up. All right, Indy 500. Leaders and contenders ran into trouble all race long. I I, I, I loved watching a race with not as much gimmicks in it. It was great. I just liked It's refreshing to watch an actual honest race play out the whole entire 500 miles without a mysterious debris caution or stages or any other kind of... Bull crap. Or how about a red flag to ensure they finish under green? That I understand. That that I get. I get why what you guys are saying. And uh I I guess if you're gonna pay what is it, five to ten thousand dollars for a seat and three hundred fifty thousand people uh stood and cheered. So I guess we may be the Minority this, when it comes to purity in auto racing, this, you know. This is the so I I kind of I'll let that one slide a little bit. Yeah, I think <laughs> this is where you got to kind of take a step back and be like, this is what I don't want, but we kind of need. This yeah. is it's like okay, do you want the race fans who paid a whole lot of money, you know, in concessions and tickets and hotel rooms and gas and rentals and this and that to come to your race? 
to never come back again because they had a yellow flag finish, and that means they didn't have fun. It would cost me about almost $10,000 to go to Indy 500. Yeah. Between the ticket and the hotel room, the flight, and the driving, and the food. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, it would cost a pretty penny to go and do that. So I can kind of let that go. Yeah. They gave the race fans you know. a green-white checker finish that was semi-organic. Semi. Yeah. Because they just need to institute green-white checkers. If no, 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 do. no. The advertised distance is the advertised distance. This is the Indy 500. We're not going over 500. That is what's advertised. That's what everybody Because it be. did end under yellow, technically. Technically, it did, but it they did were already... run under yellow. They were already past the white flag, so if they had a green-white checker rule like NASCAR, that's exactly what you would have they seen anyway. took the white flag. It's done. Yep. Even if it was right before they took the white flag, and I can see why they, they did, still would have they still would have ended it. So let's just go through it a little bit more into detail because people might not understand. But you should be watching this. Alex Pillow led until he was hit. <laughs> he was literally headed down pit road, and a caution it flew was, right it, as yeah. he was entering. Yeah, yeah, the nine and the ten there. Scott Dixon and Alex Pillow looked untouchable. They were untouchable until mistakes on pit road. And this wasn't even a mistake. He was heading down pit road, was right at the point where he could not leave the commitment, and the caution came out. The pit road closed, and he entered a closed pit, so that's a penalty. And it's like, what the fuck, <laughs> yeah. man? That sucks. Yeah, that, that was definitely unfortunate. But, you know, it's that's one of those things timing. where even, even in the 500 where it didn't have a lot of different leaders and whatnot, and there's still going to be storylines coming to it. There are... There are these little ghosts and goblins and, and drama uh, gremlins just comes out of nowhere. that come out and the story just writes itself and it ends up being really entertaining. I mean, who expected that? Who expected Scott Dixon to step all over himself late and too. late in the race? He, how do you speed on done. pit road when you can push a button and not go over it? He must have sped going in before he pushed the button. I think he, he was did. on exit. He, he locked up on entry. Was it on yeah. entry? Yeah, he locked up, the, I think, the yeah. left front on entry. I he thought knew weird right for the Iceman. I thought but that he just let go of the button. Even though early. you're like, oh, Scott Dixon's going to win. No, no, sir. That happens so often when the guy that's dominating the race ends up losing because of some ghostly you know, ghostly encounter or whatever. Something it's, supernatural takes it away from them. There's an old saying that says. Look at Mario Andretti. He's only won the race once. He's a Formula One champion, for God's sakes. He's won everything. He's like AJ Foyt. They've won everything. Except AJ's won four times, and Mario won once. Right. How big was Dixon's lead at that point? He was untouchable. No one could get really... They could get by him, but he could easily just overtake them again. Yeah. They were just playing fuel miles for the Yeah, he was basically just swapping the lead with people just to play fuel mileage games, which you have to do. I don't know. I would have backed it down a little earlier just to be sure. Like at that point, I think he would too. I think he would have too now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. He's probably doing that right in front of the mirror. He's like, I've only won one of these things. And he's like, I I get the kill mode on entry that that Kyle Bush mentality of get everything you can getting in. But when you know you have the car to beat, he could have gave up some. You're right. He could have given up just Just a a little little bit, bit. like for 20 feet. Yeah, twenty but feet earlier. Yeah, it's easier to slow a fast driver. Down maybe he was though. One up, maybe guess. he maybe he was thinking that and ended up just kind of getting out of his normal rhythm. Maybe well, I've, and, I've and done then, that too. You and psych yourself out a little bit. Psych yourself out, and they're like, "Oh wait a minute, I did exactly what I was trying so hard not to do." <laughs> That's yeah. it. 
I mean, you look at guys like Renus VK. He was in the top three. He, he was the only guy that really could have really challenged him under yeah, speed. He was in the 21 car there, the Dutchman. Yeah. And he ended up wrecked on the backstretch. A lot of guys getting loose coming off the corner. Yeah. Off two. Especially. Yeah. Yeah, at least three or four cars did. Yeah. I don't um, think anybody spun coming off of th- off of four. No, nobody did. Nobody Everybody did. was off two. Yeah. 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 Um, and and it's funny. We racing again. We were on there the other night, and two was the corner I always have a problem with. I hit the wall coming out of four, I think, a lot. Well, yeah, there's just some way about turn two where where it's a little bit tough to gauge your spot when you come out of that corner mm. and hit the back it straight It seems away. like it's radiused just yeah. a little different. They just are, a wee they are bit unique. different. The, the corners all have their own specific uniqueness to it. I never lose where I am when I'm racing at Indianapolis because every corner is very unique. Yeah. Um, anyway... A late because crash it was designed by people, not engineers. <clears throat> Correct. Uh, a late crash by Jimmy Johnson set up. He another one of those who spun off too. Just everybody oh. did. Everybody. That's you know there was R- Formula One drivers spun off a turn two. Roman Grosjean. Yeah, Grosjean wrecked too. Well, yeah. they, it, 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 no margin of error whatsoever. Um, Marcus Erickson had the lead as they went to red with five to go. They got the race restarted. He had a big lead too. Oh, he was oh. gone. Erickson was gone. He's another formula former Formula One driver as well. Um, yeah. The race restarted with two laps to go. Again, they don't do green white checkers. They don't do overtimes. This is the Indy Five Hundred, not a jump show. Just uh, this is an actual race. Yeah, not a circus. It was just the <laughs> discretion to red flag it with six to go or whatever. And plus, I could see why because there was carbon fiber shreds all over turn two and you know what yeah why not if they go red there guys aren't driving through it they're not going to be worried about their tires you're not going to have people popping tires late in the race everything matters here go red yeah it's better for everybody so i'm fine with it that was Um, a mega hit too oh he hit hard if that was you know 30 years ago he would have lost his feet probably probably his life but yeah yeah. um back when consequences really mattered so oh yeah when Erickson took the lead, and I've never seen a better defending job than this. I mean, it was fantastic to Potato watch. Potato Award was coming. Yeah, Pato Award was charging late, and um, Erickson was weaving all over trying to break the draft, and he did a fantastic job of Usually. protecting his line and blocking. I don't know how they didn't wreck, but they're also world-class drivers finishing one and two in the Indy 500, and we're podcast hosts who can't even drive street stocks. <laughs> so, I mean, let's be yeah, fair here. Usually when you're in the lead and they're that close, to, you're dead. Yeah. And he was able to, to, to hold on. That's uh, quite a feat of driving, in my opinion. I don't know, man. Yep. Do those cars something. have push to pass or anything? I don't believe so, no. Not they anymore. Do not. They not do not anymore. anymore. Yeah, they used to. I, I knew they did for a few years. They had a timed system where you had specific amount of seconds to do it. They might still do it on road courses. I'm not sure, but not on ovals. You don't get that. That gotcha. don't work on ovals. Yeah. Um, so, yep, Marcus Erickson, former Formula One driver, hangs on to win the 106th running of the Indy 500. Remember, we spoke about purse before about the Indy 500 being historically low. Yeah. Um, not it's this never, year. This year it was a lot different because. Total purse for the Indy 500. I know the fans find this very interesting. Total purse for the Indy 500, $16 million. Yeah, it got a lot better when Penske took it over. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Marcus Erickson's share, 
3.1 million dollars isn't that funny that it's the most honest the most honest race that was run this weekend you know and penske owns the indycar series and penske owns the owns the indianapolis motor speedway his team didn't even win that's chip it. ganassi won yeah that's yeah right, congrats know? to chip that's another one chipper by run. the way some interesting statistics as well um Pato Award for winning or for finishing second. What did the potato win? One million dollars for second. Damn. Jimmy Johnson was awarded Rookie of the Race, and no, it does not go by finish. It goes by a bunch of different other factors. They've been mostly uh, judges' discretion. It says the Indianapolis 500 Rookie of the Year award should be presented to the driver who has performed with the most distinction among first-year drivers in the Indianapolis 500. Criteria includes on-track performance in practice, qualifying, and the race, media and fan interaction, sportsmanship, and positive influence on the Indy 500. So he was the only one Dignity. to be a first-time driver this year? No. But he, he was given the rookie of the race. He did lead laps. He did? He did. He qualified 12th. And he's freaking Jimmy Johnson. Give him the $257,000 that goes with the rookie of the race. There you go. I honestly thought he was going to be a little quicker, but... I, I was thinking so too. Y- you get in the race and the intensity ramps up, and I, I wonder if he just wasn't ready for how intense that race was going to be. I got it. Oh, it really was crazy at the start. I don't think he had enough downforce in the rear. I think he was one of the only Chip Ganassi cars that didn't have that downforce. And uh, you, you get sketchy. You're going to back out of a little bit. Wow. You can't get sideways in any car once you once you break traction. The little wiggle is about it. You know. I'm reading the I think it's a little conservative, yeah. The, re- per, the purse before was probably half, though. Yeah, it's up a the lot. Winner, the winner's purse was probably half, like, I think this is the before. highest purse of all time it for very this well race, could they said. Be. Yeah. Now, I'm actually looking through the purse, and it's kind of interesting because I'm looking at it, and it's like the guy who got paid the least was Stefan Wilson, and he finished 26th. He got $102,000. You want to know how much Renus VK got for finishing last? $487,800. You know how much Scott Dixon got for finishing 21st? Well, they, led, they led laps. Holy crap. Yeah, they led laps. I get it. <laughs> Scott Dixon got $707,000 for finishing 21st. This is weird. I'm looking at the points, and it's like, okay, so if you lead laps, you get points, right? And there's, like, point structure and stuff, and... Like the f- the furthest up the guy who gets paid the least is uh, let's see here, Santoni Santino Ferrucci, he finished tenth and he got one hundred and thirty four thousand five hundred dollars. The guy behind him, uh, Jr. Hill, nope, not Jr. Juan Pablo, how did he get paid this little one hundred twenty seven thousand dollars for finishing eleventh? Then you look behind him, who is Juan Pablo driving for? I don't know. That probably has something to do with the car owners. I, I was going to say it sounds purse. very Arrow similar McLaren. to how they, yeah, it sounds very similar to how they tier payouts in the Cup Series because with the charter system, the charter teams are guaranteed a certain amount, and I think the the non-charter open teams are like forty percent less than that or something crazy. Joseph yeah. Newgarden finished thirteenth, and he got five hundred and thirty thousand dollars, which is two spots behind Juan Pablo. I thought he was going to run way better than he did. Yeah, he was kind of a turd. Dixon was Col- back. Colton Carpenter Hurt, was back. Poor guy. Yeah. A lot of these guys did not. Takuma Sato, and I don't know what happened to him. He was a lap down. They parked uh, Colton Herta for being too slow. Scott McLaughlin crashed. Yeah. He had uh, 
Yeah, he had wicked handling problems. He was done. Scott McLaughlin's crash. He oh. almost had that thing saved, and then he stuffed it. Oh, he hit so hard. You ever hard see the twice. Gordon Smiley crash? It looked like that. Phil? No. The Gordon Smiley crash in 82? Yeah, go look that up. He dies, by the way, so spoiler alert. Yeah, that wow. that's what that looked like. He wiggled a little bit, and then he went head on into the wall. I think the worst IndyCar crash or cart crash or whatever it was I've ever seen was uh, Greg Moore's. No, that wasn't Indy, so. Yeah, well. <laughs> that was that was something. That was Gordon, California. Gordon Smiley's takes the cake. That was. I just meant overall. Yeah. Oh, you mean car. overall. Yeah, that is probably one of the worst I've ever no, seen. No, Gordon Smiley's is the worst. We he can was, get into this discussion we because I've get, got some on my mind, but we're not going to do that right we're now. We're not going to so. do that. He was completely <laughs> destroyed. He was. Didn't his body leave the entire car? Gordon Smiley? Oh. No, pieces of it did. Oh, that's right. Pieces I don't like of Alex Zanardi. Oh. No, we meant all of him. Anyway, kind of. Mostly. Coke 600. <laughs> Brains. Where do I start? All right. Typically the longest race of the year because it's 600 miles. Duh. But. <laughs> it really was oh, the boy. longest race of all time. It was the longest race of all time. Yeah. I believe it was, what, six, 619.5 miles. Thanks to NASCAR four force racing. And they had, let's see, how long was it? it about six hours? Been. Six hours and nineteen minutes, or something like that. Yeah. So, so you had pretty much on par with both of them. All right. So you had the the the, the stages. The stages only count for what three cautions, really? Yeah, they had four stages. I believe it's the only uh, race with four stages, and they're all one hundred laps. Yeah. Right. And then the rest of them were all disgusting incidents. <laughs> yes. The rest of them were all literal multiple. It was like it was like a street stock race at Waterford in. Back when they had car counts. Back when they had 30 cars. And under a full moon on Friday the 13th. Yeah, you know? yeah. When the you modifieds know go green to checker. Yeah. It's so <laughs> fantastic to see those cars be so hard to drive that guys are wrecking them. I don't think they're used to it. What's that? The the Well, I think it has to do with uh, how much PJ1 was on the Indy 500. None. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't reapply it this weekend. But they applied it in general. They had it a little bit of it, but just... Even a little is too much. That's man. our problem is that they put it down in the first place. Much. Yeah, I agree, but it probably would have been a complete one lane track if they hadn't. It was still kind of a one lane track. Well, and it wasn't PJ1, it was resin. Yeah, it's the same shit. So, uh, every place they put the resin down, <laughs> it's actually been fairly decent, except Texas. You can't fix Texas. No, there's no fixing that place anyway. But anyway, there were multiple, multiple, multiple car accidents, I guess you could say. Uh, uh, record yeah. record number of cautions, record length for mileage and hours, cars spinning out on their own, you name it, it happened. Uh, team track? No wheels fell off. No wheels fell off for once. Well, yeah, that's one one kind of fell off. One got ripped off. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, team Trackhouse put both of their cars up front almost all night. I mean, Suarez and uh, Ross were trading the lead for a long period of time then suarez would kind of drift back and then he'd end up back at the front and drift back and end up front it was just a long race but uh in the end suarez's run fell short because he got turned around by incidental contact from what it looked like resulting in a melee again and this caused chris busher to spin to the infield and flip wildly after a wheel folded up under his car so that was interesting Thank God it had tethers on it because that thing would have launched to the moon. Yeah, I'm glad it did because... You'd have been finding that 30 rows up. Yeah, that would have been real bad. But it looked like the car held up incredibly well because uh, there was really no 
no damage to the utter uh overall cage structure in the center section because there was really not a lot of damage in general to like the body it looks like. i mean obviously the body was shifted around and parts were broken off but like it looks like you could bolt suspension back on it and go out and finish the race. Almost, but you know that thing is hurt. Oh, <laughs> you know? yeah, oh it's yeah, it's hurt. Definitely um, not safe to race, but, I mean, it kind of reminded me of when Earnhardt flipped at Daytona in, what was it, 2000? Something like that. But uh, he, I mean, the car held up incredibly well, and uh, the composite bodies do cover a lot of sins, let's be honest. So, um, yeah, that caused, let's see... No, that wasn't the the cause for a greenway checker, was it? No, it wasn't. It got late. And no, that some, wasn't the last. There was some one. other reason for a greenway checker. There's so many spins and cautions. I didn't keep track of the all. The word of this the whole weekend at Charlotte was spin coming off the corner, mm-hmm. kind of like the IndyCar race. Everything was spinning spin, off two, spinning off two. Every every everybody. I mean, it didn't matter what kind of caliber driver you had. You had Ryan Priest, you had Kyle Larson, you had Kyle Busch. They all chase Elliott, are, chase you know wheelmen, and they all spun coming off the corner. Yeah, and it was always off of turn four too. Yeah, always it, off it, turn four. <laughs> Realistically, though, it was starting in the middle of the corner because you you would see it. They would start to get free right at the center because they were putting so much wheel in, trying to drive in under someone or trying to run that low line. Mm-hmm. And the car would get tight. They'd put too much wheel in it. They no longer have that right rear arrow to lean on like they used to in the old car, and the thing would just right around. I have a theory. Yeah. Anyway, the theory <laughs> is, you know how IndyCar can't run on tracks of PJ1. They can't do it because the the marbles go up into the PJ one. Stick to it. And stick then to it, and then they got ultra marbles. Ultra marbles. Even though the differences between a NASCAR uh, Cup car and an Indy car, you know, one's or Indy car fifteen hundred pounds, or NASCAR about thirty five hundred pounds, give yes. or take whatever. All right, how much downforce does Indy car make? Twice as much. About eight thousand pounds. Yeah. Okay. So that brings your total to like 10,000 pounds of direct pressure on the racetrack at speed with wide tires, and they still can't plow through that PJ1. That's because they, they can't wider, drive on it. They have wider tires, and they so have they pick up more big, wide, wider tires. <laughs> yeah. And they have more weight on the track, and they still can't go through it. NASCAR Cup cars generate, oh, what do you think, maybe, maybe a couple thousand pounds of downforce? Now I'm not sure. I think it was in the 3,500 pound range. So they're like, because, well, they got the under tray and everything now. Yeah, so yeah, they like, create arrow. That's why they look like a fucking dog squat to take a shit now. Yeah, because they use the underside of the car since <laughs> so like at that time beep. frame. <laughs> so yeah, so you're talking, they have less downforce, total weight on the racetrack. Okay, so if they drive on the marbles, they have enough side force and whatnot. This is based all on my. My engineering degree from the University of Connecticut in uh, bachelor uh, arts and liberal arts and sciences uh, film, uh, film study and, department, yeah, yeah which means nothing anyway. So the NASCAR Cup car, they could go through any of those marbles that catch on the on the PJ one. They can drive over it enough where they can move the marbles up the racetrack. Any car can't do that because. When they drive on the marbles, they just kind of when they get onto that marbles, it's almost like they're getting like spreading into it and sliding through it. They can't do it. Yeah, and they're also going the f- slower. The so. faster and more tactical race car 
the less you're going to be able to use that stick'em resin PJ1, blah, blah, blah. So as NASCAR race cars, as you're seeing, becoming more faster, more technical, more aerodynamic. Joey Logano's getting, you know, all amped, all fired up right now, I'm sure. Breathing heavily. Yes, yeah. Heavy breathing intensifies, you know, every time you see aerodynamics. Mm-hmm. The less they're going to be able to run on this stuff. And I think they're actually running on a lot of marbles is why a lot of them were getting loose coming off. I'm going to shoot that theory down. Why? They didn't use PJ1 or Resonant California, and that's where they started having a lot of the majority of the spin-out problems. They didn't? Nope. That track didn't have any, because that's not an SMI track. Good. Good. That's Moving a NASCAR on. track. The, the SMI tracks are the <laughs> only ones that are running the PJ1 and the Resin. The NASCAR-owned tracks, or Speedway Motorsports, or whatever it's called. Um, or, yeah, the ISC, sorry. ISC, but, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Those tracks don't use it, and Good. they've still had the problems there. Good, let them. So anyway, it's just that these cars are not aero dependent anymore, and the drivers—they're just not used to it. They'll figure it out when there's they a keep reason. Them. There's a reason that the guys that have experience in super late models and, and dirt racing and stuff where you're you're driving off that right rear and you're driving it really hard. There's a reason those guys are winning races right now. I know, Ross but Chastain, I mean. William Byron, to, uh, Denny Hamlin. They're racers. Yeah, but so why did Ryan Priest and Kyle Larson and Kyle Busch get all looping sideways like multiple times? Every good driver steps over the edge trying to find it once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Especially sure. Ryan. Ryan Priest has not raced these cars all year. That's right. Yeah. That's true. So yeah. he doesn't know where that edge is yet. Just Kyle wanna... Busch. Kyle Busch is always going to put that thing on the ragged edge every single lap. That's what he does, does, and he steps over it. Maybe he just haven't figured it out with this car yet, maybe. Well, Kyle Busch is his own worst enemy anyway. This Anyhow. is true. So a four-wide move on the first green-white checker wrecked a hell of a lot of contenders again. Austin Dillon, good job. Yeah, If I was him, I probably would have taken the same thing. I would have tried to. I don't know. He did, I thought he did. Pretty good he job, looked but, like yeah. a lost puppy in the middle there. Because he, he literally he turned right on exit to go up the track because of Denny, but he still had a full car length down to de- car width down to Denny and think three quarters was, of a car to the top. I don't think he was expecting to be four wide there though. That's the thing. Yeah, but you still got to hold your line. Don't panic. Yeah. Oh well. Well, it sure would have should have you know just austin dylan doing austin dylan that's all a second green gave it a good effort i'll tell you that much yeah <laughs> i would have i would have taken as much as i could have there too but whatever. i wanted him to win that would have been awesome yeah, if he held it down the bottom yeah but you know oh well he did a moment all that momentum because he did he, he lost the nose in the center burped the throttle got the car to turn and still had to drive he was going to drive straight off and and drive by him but that let denny get under him so the second green-white checker was a lot cleaner than the first one because they probably didn't have enough cars to wreck anymore because everybody else being out of this race. I counted like 16 on the track. At Spoiler least. alert, BJ McLeod and Cody Ware get top 20s. Sweet. <laughs> that's it. Hey, you got to be there at the end. You know, that's bad. Cody Ware is not a terrible driver. It was a terrible equipment. It was a good finish, though, because uh, Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch put on a pretty decent show, racing each other very hard for the win. And guess what? They didn't wreck each other. Isn't that interesting? Um, So that gave Gibbs a 1-2 finish and gave Denny Hamlin his first Coke 600 win. Do 
Falcon Punch. And boy, get out of here. We're not done yet. They're not you're you're premature on your whole entry here. Uh, anyway, so the Sunday race total was I think they started racing at nine AM for the Monaco Grand Prix. And they ended at like eleven fifty PM almost constant racing. They had like a lunch break in between. And that was very nice to have, so they could actually eat something because it was constant racing, especially with Monaco being pushed back because of rain. Um, I could talk about the Monaco Grand Prix, but uh, no just, one cares. Yeah, I don't think anybody really cares. Nobody passed. There was four cars under a blanket at the end. There it was, was exciting for like three laps, and then they spread out. There was, rich people uh, drank wine and caviar and dead fish and whatever. There was like specific drama with like the start of the race and then pit strategy with specific drivers, but nobody actually like yeah nobody actually like organically passed on the track. So it's kind of boring i mean i i want to say one thing about that broadcast i don't know who is in the booth for f1 during that rain delay but whoever the whiny son of a bitch was that was announcing needs to just retire and go play golf somewhere don't sit there and cry non-stop because i turned it off i got sick of listening to his incessant whining he was really you know, really awful to listen to that guy. Like, I'm sorry you didn't have the forethought to have hotels for the for the night. I'm sorry you're in such a rush to get back home, but that's racing. Sometimes the weather sucks. Sometimes you got to deal with it. Shut up and do your job. Yeah, they're all bitching about it. It's like, oh, the, this is Formula One. They should be racing right now. It's not that heavy of rain. But Martin Bundle sounded legitimately annoyed with them. And then they go on the racetrack and it freaking downpours enough for them to red flag it anyway. It's like, well, now you're happy? Stupid? He's Shut like, up. Why don't they send the marshal out to go look at the track for every five minutes? He would say that. Well, it hasn't rained in like 35 seconds. Why don't they send them out to check the track? It's like, God Shut almighty. Up. Shut up. This is why you're not in race control. Uh, Mick Schumacher had a huge crash with the car splitting in half. So that got exciting. Again? Second yes, time this uh, year. Yes, I believe that was his second time this year. In his defense, though, they've made those cars so they come apart a little easier. Yeah, he didn't wreck that hard. It just tore it apart pretty bad when he hit the Hescos. Uh, Sergio Perez won. I believe it was his third win ever. It was nice to see. What's his face there? Checo. No, the the other guy. The guy who's annoying. <laughs> the guy who won Which the championship one? last year. Verstappen. Oh, Verstappen? It's nice to see I him not Verstappen. win because I do not like him. He I also love him. he also came out and said that he'd never run the Indy 500, and I'm like, you're a pussy. All right, moving on. We're done here. Well, he's so. not talented enough to win the Indy 500. That's Formula One drivers when they end their when they end their Formula One career, they move up to IndyCar. Right, not down. Up. Look at Emerson Fittipaldi. Mm-hmm. Look at all the Mario Andretti. Up to IndyCar. Fernando Alonso because America's the center of the freaking universe. And this is the biggest race in the history of the world. So there, suck it. Not good enough to be on our soil. Okay, we need to wrap this thing up. We're, Where's we're, the boy? I think we go we- longer every single week. All right, now we can actually get the kid back in here. Well, if we didn't screw it up 35 times at the start. Yeah, exactly. But anyway. I broke into your house. Sid will have to figure out that we took about 15 minutes to start this thing. So 
Anyway, you can find us on every major podcast platform. You can find us on Instagram at Making Labs Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Labs Podcast, YouTube.com slash Sid's View. You can send us fo- uh, feedback to Making Labs Podcast at gmail.com, or you could send your voicemails to anchor.fm slash Making Laps. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Brent Gleason01. P.S. I started a TikTok I'm account at the same address. I'm sorry to say that. No, All right, no, you can no, find no. Phil at at P Jakes Racing on Facebook, no, Instagram, it. Twitter, and YouTube. Stop and it. you can find Jesse babysitting my child. What do apparently. I do, Lord? There he is. Destroy the child, corrupt them. There's all. his soundtrack. This is their plan, people. These are demons. <laughs> all right, boy. How do we end the show? Please, for the love of God, do it nicely. You've been doing it well ever since. Do it. It's. Say the, say the words. Say the boy. words, boy. Keep the nurse and Alistair friends. Thank you for listening. Right. And we're the three best friends this that again. anybody could have. We're the three best friends. No, we did this gag last week. Have. We're the three best friends <laughs> that anyone can have. And we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave uh, each other. This always falls apart right at the end. So thank you a lot, folks. I appreciate it. Okay.